The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. The beginning of the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory be to you, Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory glory as of the only Son from the Father. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have today, uh, at today's Mass, we have what I think and what many consider to be the most luminous part of all of Scripture, the introduction of St. John's Gospel, this chapter one of his Gospel. There are some uh, older interpretations and older commentaries. I saw, I read one that speculated that maybe this introduction to the Gospel had come during his conversations with Our Lady when they lived together in Ephesus. He's, and so the commentator was saying, because of the profundity and just the light that shines through this introduction to his gospel, what the commentator was saying was Our Lady must have played some type of role in this writing, in this profound expression of the reality of the Word becoming flesh. And so what we saw last night in Luke's gospel, this focus on the humanity of Christ, the simplicity of the announcement of how he was born in this humility, in this hiddenness, we then have a shift today to St. John's Gospel, 
where John begins first with the divinity of God. He begins with the reality of the Word who existed from the beginning. And so he begins his gospel as the book of Genesis begins within the beginning. And in the beginning, in the divinity, in God himself was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God a summation of our Trinitarian understanding, that the Word is with the Father and the Word is also God himself, the mystery of the Trinity. He was in the beginning with God and all things are made through him. When we look at the work of creation, God creates by means of his Word. He speaks and it is accomplished. Let there be light and there was light. He separates the light from the darkness. He creates the earth, creates the sky, creates the sea. He creates habitats for life. And then by means of his word, he actually gives life, creates living things, things for both the sea, the land, and the sky. The life that he creates is a life that is given in fullness in creation. He doesn't just create life on the land or in the sky, but in the sea as well. Life permeates this beautiful planet that he has created. And he creates it all for mankind. He creates it all for us. We are the pinnacle of his creation. Some of the old commentators call a human nature the hinge of creation. Because we are body and soul, we exist in two different realms, two different worlds, both in the material and in the spiritual. We walk as if by like giants, with one foot in earth and in what is material, and another foot in what is spiritual and heavenly. And that is the reason why our sin affects creation to the extent that it does, because we are greater than all of the other things that he has created in the material universe, apart from the angels. And so when we sin in the sin of our original parents, it affects not only mankind, but all of creation, everything that is subject to the governance and rule of human nature. And so what is needed then because of this sin, this sin that came through human nature, is that God will come and take this human nature to himself and make reparation for that sin. And so this same word through which everything was created will be the word through which everything is recreated, through which everything is made new again. And the way in which he makes everything new is by assuming our human nature, becoming a little child in the womb of the Virgin Mary and born for us this day. What was hidden from all eternity the life of God in the Trinity is made manifest in Jesus Christ. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He is the light from all eternity. He is the radiance of God. And in the incarnation, what has been hidden for all eternity now has a human face, a face that can be looked upon, a face that can be kissed by Our Lady, a face that can be cherished by St. Joseph. They look upon the face of God on this day. Imagine the rejoicing in their hearts. 
But what we come across then in John's gospel here is some of the same tragedy that we saw in Luke's gospel last night. In Luke's gospel, we see that when they came to Bethlehem, there was no place for them in the inn. Here in John's gospel, he says he came to his own and his own people received him not. This is the longed for Messiah. This is the light that comes from all eternity. This is truth himself, grace and power. This is God. And God comes to his own, the creatures that he has created, the creatures that he has created from his love and that he desires to restore through his love and they receive him not. I was reading something from St. Gregory. He was commenting on the beauty and the profundity of what is happening in Bethlehem. And he notes that even though this census that has drawn all of those who come from David's line to David's city in Bethlehem, even though it is a disruption to their daily lives, it is also accomplishing the will of God. The civil authority that organizes this census and disrupts the life of all the people, it still does not hinder God's plan. God's will is accomplished in spite of all of these things and even through all of these things. And so Our Lady and St. Joseph, as is noted, they humbly obey those civil authorities and they go towards Bethlehem and God's will is accomplished. They are in Bethlehem then, the city of David where the Messiah should be born and that is where he comes into the world. But what St. Gregory goes on to say is he says that just as the civil authority is gathering together everyone so that their names can be written in a book and that they can be recorded, so now the word, the author of life, is coming down from heaven so that he might record everyone in the book of life who will be united to him. His family is gathered into Bethlehem for a census, but he comes to take his own census. He comes to take the names of those who will be with him for eternity. And so it is for us to respond, right? To receive him. It says in John's gospel, but to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. That is how we are written into the book of life, by receiving Christ. Receiving him how? Well, we see that from him in John's gospel, it says, we receive grace and truth, grace and truth. And so to receive Christ is to receive this grace and truth that pours forth from him. But the other mystery is that it can be missed. God can be present in our midst. He can come to his own and his own might not receive him. So how do we make sure that we do not fall into that? that we receive the Lord in his coming, that we receive the Lord when he is present to us with his grace, with his truth, and with his very self. We do this through the ways in which he desires to come to us. His grace comes to us through the sacraments of the church. When we are baptized, we are baptized into his grace and our names are written into that book of life and we become children of God. If we lose that grace through mortal sin, we can be restored to that grace through the sacrament of confession and receive again that grace that comes from Jesus Christ and have his life within us. 
But it is not just this life of grace that he invites us to, but also this truth that he brings, this light that shines in the darkness. It is rightly called light. We see everything in the natural world by means of light. If there was no light, we would not see, and the organs of our eyes would be completely useless. Light is essential for us in order to see and to perceive everything. And so also what happens when the light from heaven comes, he gives us the ability to see everything from God's perspective. And that is what it is to have wisdom. And so when he comes as truth and wisdom, it's for us to receive that truth and that wisdom as well. So we receive his grace in the sacraments, but we should also receive his truth and wisdom as it comes to us through the scriptures so that we can receive this wisdom that comes from on high because this wisdom can be in our midst and we can know it not. We can have a Bible in our home and have never read it. That is the same tragedy that is present in John's gospel today. But also that he can be present in the flesh and we might not recognize him. And this for us is a reference to the Eucharist, where the Lord is present to us in the flesh. And yet how much is he actually recognized by the world? How many people know that Jesus is truly still present and living upon the face of the earth? Jesus is here with us in the Blessed Sacrament. His grace comes to us through the sacraments. His truth speaks to us through the scriptures. Especially now in this season of Christmas, we are called to receive him in all of these ways and to make sure that Christmas is not just one season in our life, but that we celebrate the nativity, the presence of God in our midst for all of our life, for every moment, for every day, the Lord is present to us. He is here with us in the Blessed Sacrament. The same child who lay in the arms of Joseph and lay in the arms of Our Lady is now received by us upon our tongue in Holy Communion. The Lord is here in the flesh. This same small child born for us on Christmas Day is now present body, blood, soul, and divinity for us to be received in Holy Communion. And this is our cause for rejoicing. We are called first to recognize him, to come to him, to receive him, and then go out and proclaim the good news. A savior has been born for us and he is still present to us. Amen.